This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. Well, you ready to get in the Word today? Y'all happy? Who's going to help me preach at all the campuses? I need some help. I need some people that that are happy and excited. Do something. Act like you're enjoying it. I, listen, I, I just need some help in this, this service. We're in week four in a series of teaching called Clearly. Uh, in this series, it's all about seeing your world through God's eyes. I've really, really enjoyed this series. I, uh, just some powerful stuff that has been taught in this. If you was not here last week, I talked on the subject of shame. I don't know that I've ever dealt with the subject matter like that. And uh, honestly, it's the enemy's number one weapon in your life to keep you out of your destiny and your future. I can't stress how, how important it is. If you weren't here, go back and get that podcast. Listen to it. I believe it'll be a blessing to your life. It's free, so there's no excuses. You can get it and listen to it. And, uh, and it's such a desire as your pastor to see us navigating and not getting stuck in life through things like shame. Uh, Now, my subject matter for today is this. I'm hurt. I'm offended. Now what? We're We're going to clearly see God's help for the offended. Just like we've seen God's help for the the ones that are shamed, we're going to see God's help for those that are offended. It's a heavy subject, so I really do need your participation today to make it lighter and to make it fun. And if you act like you're enjoying it, we will let you go home early. If you look miserable, I just will put more misery on you till we get you, till we get you fixed. Here, here we're going to read from Matthew chapter 11, a story to kind of set this whole subject matter up. It says, now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their, their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples And said to him, him being Jesus, are you the coming one or do we look for another? And Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see, hear and see. The blind see, the lame walk, the the leopards are cleansed and the, the deaf hear and the dead are raised up. The poor have the gospel preached to them. Now, now catch verse six at all of our campuses. And blessed is he who is not offended. I'm going to say it one more time. Blessed is he who is not offended. Those are the words of Jesus, our master and our savior. Father, I just ask you today that you would empower me to speak from heaven. I pray that you would help us in this moment at all of our campuses, God, for all these great people, God, that that God carved this time out of their day to put you first in their lives. God, I pray that we would leave changed and different. I I pray a laser-like focus, God, no distractions, no hindrances. God, that everything that you've destined for us to get would be released in this service. Give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to perceive. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. I like this because Jesus makes it clear here that John is clearly offended. 
And Jesus also makes it very clear, and this is what I want you to get today. This is, this is one of the, the main points. Jesus makes it also very clear that an offended life keeps you from a blessed life. I want you to hear that at all of our campuses. It's a biblical truth. An offended life keeps you from a blessed life. That's the reason why this subject matter is absolutely crucial and important to you and your, your life. Now, let me give you a little bit of the backstory of, of what we just read. This is actually John the Baptist. He's, he's actually the cousin of Jesus. Uh, his mom, Elizabeth, Zacharias, his dad, had him six months before Jesus was born. So he's six months older than, than Jesus. They're cousins. They grew up together. Um, John was actually the one that would prepare uh, the way for Jesus's three and a half years of ministry upon this this earth. So they were very close. And uh, in 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 the story, John is in prison now, and uh, he's not there because he's done something wrong, but rather because he's actually stood up against uh, the immorality. Uh, things that was going on in his culture. John the Baptist was a fiery, fiery preacher, great, great man of God. And uh, he stood up against the immorality of Herod, King Herod at that time, and his wife Herodias. And how many of you know you got trouble if your wife is named Her- Her- Herodias? And um, so all John is doing is he's just preaching and teaching and telling people about the tithe and telling people about love and telling people about forgiveness and telling people about shame. And the next thing he knows, he's, in, he's locked up in prison. King Herod has him put in the slammer. And, and so now John is thinking, well, you know, Jesus is my cousin. He's going to come and get me out of this mess. And so any day, you know, Jesus is going to show up. He knows this is, this is absolutely wrong. This is an injustice. And so, so a day goes by and Jesus doesn't show up. And a, another day goes by and he doesn't show up. And a, another, another day goes by and eventually it's a week that's gone by. And, and then another week and then another week. And, and eventually it's, a, it's another month. And John is starting saying, hey, well, what's the deal? Because why, why aren't you coming to my, my rescue? I, I didn't deserve this. This is a, an injustice. This is, this is a mistreatment. So John's feeling all alone, feeling abandoned. He's feeling frustrated. He's confused. He's upset. He's angry. How could King Herod do this to me? How could Herodias influence this? And, and so John is, 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 is hurt. And so now John begins, and we read it in the story, begins to doubt the reality of Jesus, if he really was the Savior or the Messiah. And uh, so he sends his disciples, John sends his disciples to go ask Jesus, hey, are you, are you, are you the Savior? Are, are you who you really say you are? Or, or should we look for another? And uh, this is, um, is kind of crazy because if, if you're a Bible student, you understand that it was actually John that introduced Jesus's ministry at the age of 30. Uh, Remember, John says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And from that day on, many of even John's disciples went and followed Jesus. It was John the Baptist that actually baptized Jesus 
in water. And it was John, as he was baptizing Jesus, heard the, the Father's voice from heaven say, this is my beloved son, speaking of Jesus, whom I'm well pleased. So, so John's hearing that God is saying that he is the Messiah and he is the Savior. In fact, it was John himself that said, hey, I, I got to decrease so that he might increase because he is from above. John knew that this was the Savior. He knew that this was the Messiah, but, but now he's, he's locked up and he's all alone. He feels abandoned. He's confused. He's frustrated. He's upset. And now he's angry and now he's offended. And, and Jesus says to John, John, blessed is he who is not offended. Uh, John, an offended life will keep you from a blessed life. That's what Jesus told John through his disciples. Um, just so we're all on the same page, what does it mean to be offended? To be offended, let me give you a simple definition. It just simply means the state of being. Now, let me clarify that. I didn't say the state of feeling. It's actually where your feelings has become something. It's the state of being anger, not feeling anger. Because you can feel angry, but you don't have to become an angry person. So it's a state of being angered, displeased, annoyed, resentful, bitter, hurt because of what was said or done. It's moved past the feeling into the, the being, and now you're bitter and you're hurt because of what has been said or what has been done to you. Now, here's what's interesting is that God has made it very clear, and this is why this is so important today at all the campuses, God has made it very clear that as long as you are breathing, anybody breathing? Anybody alive? Come on, tap your neighbor, say, wake up, we're at church. If you're breathing, the Bible's very clear that you're going to have an opportunity to become offended. Well, you didn't need the Bible to tell you that. All you had to do is wake up. <laughs> All you got to do is drive to church, right? Guys flipping you off, honking their horn. I mean, it's easy. We live in a world where it's easy to get offended. But, but the Bible's very clear in, in life. If you're breathing, it's going to be a part of your life. And now why is that important? Because uh, an offended life keeps you from the, the blessed life. I, I can't afford to live an offended life. Uh, Luke 17, 1, Jesus said it. He said uh, to his disciples, offenses will certainly come. It's just a part of life, guys. They're going to come. You're, you're, going, to, you're going to feel hurt and pain, and you're going to be challenged on, on becoming offended. I like the King James Version of this. It says, it, says it's, it is impossible that no offense should come. It's absolutely impossible for you to live life and not have the challenges of, of having to deal with offenses. Um, I mean, all you have to do is get married. <laughs> oh, should we go here, right? I mean, I've been, I've been married to just, I mean, my, my, just a, you know, she was my high school sweetheart. For 33 years, we have been, we have been in, we have been... Well, can I just tell you the truth? We have been in a love and hate relationship for 32 years. <laughs> but we're still married. Hey, we're making it. I mean, 
I mean, I mean, she looks at me the other day, my wife, you know. She looks at me the other day. She, well, she's not looking at me. She's looking at my stomach, and she says, she says, well, Lisa, at least it's, it's smooth. <laughs> really? Like, not a six-pack? It's just, it's just, she says, it's, it, 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 it's smooth. It's amazing how God puts people together who are so different. Have you realized how different your spouse is or, you know, the person you're shacking up with? Or, or, or people that you hang out with? It's funny how, how, how kind of opposites kind of attract. And, uh, I mean, in, in, in marriage, since we're dealing with that issue, uh, you know, one could be an early riser, the other a night out. Well, we can have some conflict in there. Uh, one, is, one is daring and impulsive. The other is cautious and reserved. Uh, one plays by the rules. The other says, what rules? Now, you thought that was attractive before you got married, right? It's a thing that attracted you, but now you hate it. It's like, ah. One loves to talk. The other one grunts once in a while. But you knew that. You knew that before you married him, right? Uh, one loves to spend money. That's Mrs. Hand. The other's a tightwad. One loves to cuddle. The other's a porcupine. Right? Is it, come on. Husbands and wives are going like this in here. One has a strong sexual desire. The other's just stupid. <laughs> And I'll tell you why. In my marriage, I'm not the stupid one. You hear me? I'm not. <laughs> uh, you know, one guy got tired of his, wife, his wife's excuses. So he gives her a Tylenol before bed. And she says, she says what, what is this for? He says, it's, it's for your headache. She says, well, I don't have a headache. And he says, Gotcha. We're going to have some fun tonight. Some of you don't know what to do. You've never been to a church quite like this. this is, you can't hear this stuff at any, any church. Did you know, and I've shared this before, it's an important thing, especially if you're new to celebration for all the, 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 the wives out there. Uh, a study was done that asked men, what days of the week do you like to be intimate with your, your wife? So at all of our campuses, for all the women, here's what the men say. They said, it's days of the week that start with the letter T. That's Tuesday, Thursday, today, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday. <laughs> oh, my. In life... In life, there's going to be issues and offenses that we're going to have to deal with. Let, let, me, let me give you three typical responses in the way we typically respond to the offenses that come our, our way. It's just human behavior. Here, here's how we usually do it. Here's the first one. We blow up. 
when something happens to us, when we're done wrong, uh, some of us, it's just our nature, we just get mad, we get upset, blood pressure goes up, we're ready to put the gloves on, and we're ready to take care of business. Um, You want to fight back? You want revenge because you're just the blowing up kind of person when you feel offended. That's, that's how some people deal with the hurts and the pains of life. We want revenge. But listen what the Bible teaches us. Do not take revenge. Don't blow up, my dear friends, but leave room. Catch this. Leave room for God. Man, I, I love that uh, uh, because, be, well, first of all, it's like, leave room for God. God, do you know what they did to me? Do you know what they said? Do you know what they put on social media? About me? God, they hurt me. They owe me. Leave room for God. But here's the point. Here's what the Bible's teaching us. When you blow up, when you put the gloves on, when you take matters into your own hands, listen, you end up squeezing God right out of your Life, you're not leaving room for God to work and do something great in your life. In fact, some of us today at all of our campuses, you, you might feel like, man, where, where's God? I, I, I don't feel like God is helping me. I feel like God is a million miles away in my life. Could, could it be that, that you've actually squeezed God out of your life, trying to solve problems on your own? Don't blow up. Leave room for God. I want to say it again. Don't blow up. Leave room for God. Ooh, that's awesome. If you don't clap, I'll clap. If you don't amen, I'll amen. I get excited about my preaching all by myself. I get it. Because some of you, that's where you live. From blow up to blow up, but I'm just here to tell you, you've got, you've got to deal with the offense a different way. You've got to leave room for God. Here's the second way, another typical response in how we deal with hurts and offenses. Here it is. We say, guess what? We, we say, guess what? This, this, this is really called gossip. Uh, it's where you tell the whole world just how bad you've been mistreated. We we like this one, don't we? (laughs) And social media has really helped this, this, this out a lot. So, so, so you, you want to tell people you, you get hurt, you get offended, man. You can't wait to tweet, text, Facebook, call somebody, go to church, stand out in the lobby and tell people you wouldn't believe what they did to me. Did you hear? Can you believe that they would do such a thing? I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I've had it. And they just spend their life saying, guess what? Guess what they did? Guess what she did? Guess what he did? But listen, this is not God's way of handling an offense. Here's here's what it says in Proverbs 16, 28. Gossip is spread by wicked people. Hmm. They stir up trouble and break up friendships. So, so many people 
Come on, we're getting help today. We're, we're getting help. We've all gossiped. Come on. We've all talked nasty about people, but I'm just here to tell you that's your human nature to do that. But that's not going to get you free from the hurt and the pain and the offense. So many are trying to solve problems with a guess what attitude. But Jesus actually gives us a better way. I want to read it to you in Matthew 18, 15. Here's what Jesus teaches. If a fellow believer hurts you, sins against you, go to them and tell them, I like this, in private. Point out the offense. Work it out between the two of you. If they listen, notice what it says, you've made a friend. Here's what the Bible says when you're hurt and offended. The Bible says you go to them. But typically we don't go to them. We go to everybody else and we share the nasty thing that happened to us. And God says, that's not how you handle an offense. Now, now here's, here's what's really crazy, is that clinical studies show that 90% of those issues, problems, offenses could actually be fixed if you would just simply follow the instructions of Jesus here. Wow. Wow. 90%. But actually, they get worse because we gossip about them. The other 10% actually deal with, 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 with um, uh, different kinds of abuses and, and more difficult things. And even in the context, in Matthew 18, uh, Jesus teaches how to deal with those. But most of the things we're dealing with, 90%, could be fixed if we just get off Twitter and go to that person and say, hey, you hurt me. And I don't want this to affect the rest of our life. And try to fix it with that person. That is God's way of dealing with the hurt and the pain. Here, here's the third way. Another typical response in dealing with the, the offenses is that we say, so what? I, I honestly believe this could be the most dangerous. I think uh, men have a tendency to do this one. It's actually where... You uh, minimize, uh, you stuff it, you kind of ignore the offense, the hurt, the pain. We say, ah, so what? I'm bigger than that. Um, you may have never read this verse. This verse really speaks into that issue. It says in Jeremiah 6.14, God says, My people are broken, shattered, and they put on band-aids saying, It's not so bad. You'll be just fine. But hear what God says here. But things are not just fine. The truth is, you can act like it's not a big deal, but the reality is it hurts, and it's impacting your life. Acting like you're not hurt doesn't fix the problem. Ignoring the hurt doesn't heal the hurt. Are you with me? This is not God's way of handling the offense. It'll just fester. You stuff it. You ignore it. You go on. And what the Bible says, it'll actually go into a root of bitterness in your life, which will end up in betrayal after betrayal after betrayal. A carnage of, of stuff in your life that is rooted in an offense that was stuffed and ignored 
and say, well, I can handle it. Well, God is clear and has given us a way for handling offenses. It's, it's, not, it's not blow up. It's not gossip. It's not stuff. Let's, let's find out what God says about dealing with the hurts and the offenses of your life. Now, now before I, I, I share this, I know this is a far out idea. You're probably going to be shocked by it, uh, but it is the answer, and it's the answer for the injustice. It's the answer for the wrong. It's the answer for the hurt. It's the answer for the offense in your life. Ephesians chapter 4. Here it is. Stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. Don't yell at one another or curse each other or even be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, and forgive others. I know. I know it's a far out idea, but I'm just here to tell you. You didn't like this answer last year and the year before and last service, but I'm here to tell you, it's still the answer. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And it's going to be the answer tomorrow. Forgive, forgive, forgive. And it's going to be the answer next week. Forgive, forgive, forgive. You know, what's amazing is that even Jesus teaches this teaches us this principle when he's teaching on teaching the disciples on how to pray. Most of us know, remember when Jesus says, pray in this manner, and it's the Lord's Prayer, and it says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. And so he goes through that whole thing, and he's teaching his disciples, this is how you should pray. And then in that prayer, we read in verse 12 of Matthew 6, Jesus says this part, you need to pray this, Forgive our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Isn't it amazing that that Jesus, even in the model prayer that, that we are to pray, that he's teaching us to pray, he says, hey, here's the key. You need to forgive. You need to forgive. You need to pray. You need to pray. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who, who, who sinned against us. Now, here's what's really amazing to me is he gets done with that prayer, he, he closes it up, for thine is, is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever and ever. And he says, this is what you need to pray, guys. This is how you pray. This is, this is what you need to do every day of your life. But the very next verse goes on in verse 14. This is absolutely amazing. He goes back into the prayer and he says, now I want to make sure you really understand this aspect of the prayer And so out of all the things he could have talked about in the prayer, he talks about this one thing about the prayer, and we read it right here. He says, I don't want you to be confused about this. I want you to understand this whole forgiveness thing. And he says, for if you forgive other people, Matthew 6, 14, if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Ouch! <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's a that's an ouch. Can somebody help me say ouch? You gotta be kidding! How in the world do we? Do you mean you mean if I don't forgive other people their sins, then then I'm on the hook for my sins? Hello! Ouch! 
How many of you at all of our campuses uh, need lots of forgiveness? Come on, would you be honest? I, I know some of you. That, I'm going to say it one more time. Give, give, give you all an opportunity. Because I don't know about you. Because I'm, I'm the preacher. And I need lots of forgiveness. Oh, dear Jesus. I need lots of for, Oh, I need lots of forgiveness. So would you be honest? I, we're getting ready to, to wrap this thing up. And if you haven't got involved in this service, now would be a great time to get involved. We're getting really, we're getting to the point that's really going to help you in this area. But, but at least let's be honest at all of our campuses. If you need lots of forgiveness, just go ahead and raise your hand and say, that, that's me. That's me. That's me. At all of our campuses. You bunch of scumbags, you. I can't believe the kind of church I pastor. Here in Clovis, it looked like all the hands. Hands were up. Here's what you need to understand. If you don't give it, you don't get it. And you all said you need a lot of it. Um, As Christ followers, forgiveness is not optional. It's what Christians Christians do. So, so how do you forgive something that seems so unforgivable? Please, please, as we, as we, as we focus in here, we're getting ready to get to some answers. How, how do we deal with that injustice, that wrongful act, that mistreatment, that abuse, that, that betrayal, that abandonment? Maybe, maybe you're here or one of the campuses and maybe your, your close friend has betrayed you. Uh, maybe somebody has spread lies about you. Maybe someone took advantage of you in a business deal. How, how do you forgive something that seems so unforgivable? Maybe you were abandoned by your, your parents. You mean I got to forgive them? Maybe in your marriage, hello, maybe your spouse betrayed you. Uh, maybe you were emotionally or physically or even verbally abused. How, how, do you, how do you forgive that? Maybe, here's, here's a tough one. Maybe you were sexually abused. Uh, they say one in three women will be sexually abused in their lifetime. Wow. How, how do I forgive that? One in five men, alarming, will be sexually abused in their lifetime. How? How do I forgive something that seems so unforgivable? Uh, maybe, maybe here's your issue. You're, you're mad at God because you feel like God has let you down. You know, he's going to come. I mean, I mean I, I'm the one that announced his ministry. He's, he's going to come and he's going to get me out of this mess and he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna save the day. Maybe, maybe, maybe God didn't do what you thought he should have done for you. I mean, you know he could have, right? He could have fixed the issue. He could have fixed the problem. Maybe your real issue is you're just really mad at at God. Can I pause right here and say that your offense with people, if not dealt with, will, will ultimately cause you to be offended with God? If you don't get this right, that offense you have with people, that offense that John had with Herod, became an offense that, that was against God now. Uh, maybe you're not mad at God. May, maybe you're just mad at yourself. How do I forgive myself? Man, I screwed up. That's so stupid. I can't believe I did that. Spent my whole life in, 
It all comes tumbling down because I did a stupid thing. I know God forgives me, but how can I forgive myself? Um, well, to lighten the moment, it's a little like vacuuming. <laughs> it really is. Uh, it's a little like vacuuming. I, the only kind of housework that I like is to vacuum. I, I love to vacuum. I don't know why I don't do anything else in the house. Make it clear. But I will vacuum. Um, any other enthusiastic vacuumers here in the house? Yeah, okay, you like to, yeah. Okay, anybody else? How, how, many of you, um, how many of you are obsessed with lines in the carpet? Oh, come on, we could be real. And all of our kids, if that's you, can I see your hands real? Well, raise up high, lines in the carpet. Yeah, hands going up. That's stupid. <laughs> lines in the carpet. Uh, lines in the grass. I understand mowing you need lines, but not anyhow. <laughs> Have you ever been vacuuming away and um, some kind of something just won't vacuum up? <laughs> it happens all the time. I don't know if we need to get a new vacuum or what, but, it, but so, so it's, it's some kind of something and it's there. And, and so here's what you do. You take a swipe and then you change your position and you take a swipe and... And then you change your position. Now, I'm, I'm going to warn you because you're going to see the best side of me in just a moment. And so you take a swipe. And so you take another swipe. And, uh, and then you take another. And, and the thing is still there. And you just keep saying, are we FaceTiming this? Hopefully we're. So, so, so you take another swipe. And, and, and it don't matter what you do, it just won't go away. So, so what do you do? Well, you know, as professional vacuumers, here's what we do. We reach down and we pick it up. We look at it. We, we look at it. And then what do we do? We throw it back down. <laughs> what do we do? To see if it'll suck it up, right? And then we start the whole thing back over again. No matter what you do, it just doesn't go away. For some of you, this is your story. Uh, you tried to let it go, but regardless what you do, you just can't seem to let go of the hurt. How do we let go of that thing that never seems to go away? As I close this, close this service, I'm going to give you two things, two thoughts, so simple, straight from God's Word, but I'm going to warn you, they're not easy. They're not easy to do, but they're so simple that if you ever start doing them, you're going to find a vacuum that's able to suck up that thing that won't go away. Here, here's the first one. The first one. Now, now don't, when you hear it, when you hear it, don't go, oh, I know that. But are you doing that? Here, here's the first one. Come on. We're going to supersize your vacuum today. Number one, pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who hurt, hurt you. Um, Jesus taught this. He said in Luke 6, 28, bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. Now, I know I get it. <laughs> we hear that and we go, Really? Our immediate response, yeah, I'll pray for them. God, give them hemorrhoids. That's what, that's, the, 
That's, that's, that's right. Hemorrhoids in the ears, God. Just, just plaster them with hemorrhoids, Lord. I'll, you bet I'll pray. Sign me up for that kind of prayer. That, that's not the kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about. In fact, we could wear ourselves out so many places that Jesus taught this. In fact, there's another time he taught it. In Matthew 5.43, he said, uh, You have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. How I many you know that's the easy thing? I, it's easy to love my, my neighbor, my friends, and it's easy to hate my enemies, right? That, that's a normal thing, right? But Jesus says, I say to you, love your enemies, love your enemies, and pray for those who persecute you. I, at all of our campuses, I, listen, I wouldn't leave. I wouldn't do it. You've got to hear this because I'm here to tell you your future is dependent upon this issue of being free from any and every offense that's going to come your way the rest of your life. Now, the Romans and the Jewish people that heard Jesus say this, 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 you gotta, I gotta, you, you gotta understand, this is absolutely shocking to this culture at this time. That this culture was driven by revenge. The Romans were driven by revenge. The, 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 the law, the Jewish law, it, it taught them an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, blood for blood. You always got revenge. You always took it to the other person that hurt you. Now Jesus is coming along and he's changing all that. This was absolutely a, a shock to this culture to hear this. And Jesus is saying, if they hit you, Don't pop them back and hurt them. Jesus is saying, someone steals from you. Don't, 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 don't take something from them. Because that, that's our response, right? Jesus said, you, you need to love them. You need to pray for them. In, in other words, if, 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 if somebody hits you, what, what's your instant response? Is Boom, I'm going to hit you back, right? You steal from me? What, what's my normal response? I'm going to take something back from you. Uh, if somebody hurts you, well, game on gloves on. You're going to pay for this. That's the reason why we have road rage, right? Someone flips you off. What's your instant response? Two birdies. Not, not one birdie, two. Uh, that's the reason why we don't have bumper stickers around here at Celebration. Because we don't trust you. because <laughs> we haven't this is the reason why we're teaching on this so that we can get bumper stickers and we can trust you that you're going to put that birdie in its holster and leave it there did somebody hurt you somebody abuse you did somebody wrong you did somebody lie about you did somebody take advantage of you did somebody mistreat you Jesus says Oh, hear it. Jesus says, pray for them. Why would Jesus say, pray for them? I'm going to tell you why Jesus said to pray for them. Because your prayers may not change them, but your prayers will always change you. It'll change your heart. And instead of living with anger and hatred and resentment, you will find God's healing and restoration flowing into your life. Oh, do I know this firsthand. 
I could, I could step here all day and tell you about my battles that I've been through. Even starting this church and the things that I felt I was wrong. And thank God I had a minister that if I mentioned his name today, you'd all probably know who he is. He said, Randy, here's, here's what you've got to do. I mean, back in 1993, he's telling me this. He says, when they do that, you've got to, they, they become part of your prayer list. And you, you pray for them. Not for hemorrhoids, but you, you pray and release forgiveness and pray for blessings upon their, their life. And, and it's so true. Prayer didn't necessarily change them, but prayer always changed me. Maybe not on the first day, but after 38 days or 68 days or two years of praying, I can honestly say been so many occasions in this community that I've seen that person in the grocery store and I couldn't wait to go hug them and love on them. Not because they were changed, but because something was changed in... Oh, come on, somebody! Woo! Here's the last one. Here's the last one. I'm closed. I'm, 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 this, is, this is serious, but here it is. It's, it's, uh, it's easy. It's, it seems simple, but it's very difficult to do. Here it is. Number two, forgive as you have been forgiven. Come on, this is how you supersize your vacuum. You pray for them. You pray for them. And then you understand that you are to forgive. Here's how you do it. You forgive as you have been forgiven. Colossians 3.13 says, If someone does wrong to you, then forgive him. Forgive each other because the Lord forgave you. Because the Lord forgave. This is how you do it. Don't make it more difficult than what it is. This is how you do it. You forgive just like God forgave you. Think about that. Wow. I said earlier, I need forgiveness because the truth is, guys, God has forgiven me so much. If you knew half, you wouldn't want me to be your pastor. But if I knew half of your life, I wouldn't want you to be here either. We have been forgiven of so, so, come on, can I get a, can I get an amen? Can I get some help? God has forgiven me of so much. And the crazy part is I didn't even deserve his forgiveness, yet he did it anyway. He came running in that grocery store and put his arms I didn't deserve it. So, so now I'm to forgive others just like I have been forgiven. In other words, don't miss it. This is as simple as I can make it. Because I have been forgiven by God. Because I have been forgiven by God. Because I have been forgiven. Have you been forgiven? Because I have been. Some of you just need to remind yourself that you have been forgiven by God. And now, and now, and now, and now I choose. It's a decision. And can I help you? It'll be a decision today, and it'll be a decision tomorrow, and it'll be a decision the next day. It's not a feeling. And now I choose to forgive those who have hurt me. And and you know what? It may not look like it's coming up, but you keep praying. <laughs> you, keep, you, you keep forgiving them just like you've been forgiven. And you're going to look down. And that person, that, that situation, 
that, 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 that mistreatment is not going to have a hold on your life any longer. Um, would you stand to your feet all over, all over this Clovis campus in, in Fresno, Madeira? I, I have one last thing. It's, I'm going to put my closing here, but I feel like you could receive it as you're standing. I would just ask, please, nobody leaving. Perhaps keep the moving just to a limit. This, this is the most important. If you want to know, this is the most important part of the service for me. I pray hours for this moment because people are making decisions. And sometimes when you're moving around and trying to beat other people to the buffet, you kind of distract what God's trying to do. So there in Madeira and Fresno, it's just a couple more minutes. We're all going to be out of here. And uh, I want to close this, this, this thought, this teaching, this service with, with this thought. With this final thought, because I think it's important to understand this. Uh, Forgiving does not change what happened. Hear that. Forgiving does not change what happened, but it does change you and your future. It does change you and it changes your future. So uh, Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, hey, go, go tell John. Remember John? We started the service with John. He's in prison. Hey, go tell John that the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing, the lame are walking, and the dead are coming back to, to life. Go, go tell John what's happening. But John... What was Jesus saying? He's saying that you tell John, John, you're not going to see it. You, you go tell him, but you also tell him, you're, you're not going to see it if you keep seeing the hurt and the pain and the, the injustice and, and the offense. John, John, if you don't see the blind seeing and the lame walking, if you don't see my power and my miracles and my promises. If you've quit and you've given up because all you see is the hurt, all you see is the offense, then John, John, that offended life is going to keep you from a blessed life. Tell, tell John it's still happening. It's still, it's still, miracles are still happening. The power of God. Maybe somebody needs to hear that today in your hurt and your pain. I'm here to tell you at all the campuses, miracles are still happening. God's power is still touching. God's promises are still yes and amen. But, but John, but John, but John, if you don't see that because you're so fixed on your offense, then John, that, that, Offended life is going to keep you from a blessed life. And I guess we could put our name in there. Randy, that offended life is going to keep you from a blessed life. Um, Tim, Tim, that, that offended life is going to keep you from a, a, a blessed life. Um, uh, your name? Patty. Patty, that offended life is going to keep you from a blessed life. Matt, ben. ben, and Matt, that offended, just put your name in there. In fact, everybody just say your name. 
On the count of three, one, two, three. That offended life is going to keep you from a blessed life. But God has given you a supercharged vacuum that if you'll use it every day, you're going to look down and you're going to go, whoo, where did it go? Blessed are they. Empowered are they who are not offended. I want you to close your eyes and bow your heads at all of our campuses. I want you to say this, and then I'm going to pray for you. Campus pastors are going to come back. But I want to close with this confession with all of our campuses. Would would you say this? Say, God, I give it to you. Today, I give you the pain. I give you the hurt. I give you the offense. I let it go. Come on, all of our campuses, say it like you mean it. Say, I let it go. I choose to forgive. Now, Father, I pray for all those at all of our campuses that made that confession. God, as they've made the choice today, I pray the Holy Spirit would empower that choice and that decision, bring healing to their heart, healing to the pain. God, that your mercy and grace would flow into that situation. God, we're not belittling anything that has happened. Some people have been through, God, horrific stuff. And God, I know it's a process, but I know you're the healer. And God, as we choose to do these simple steps of praying for those, Father, forgiving those like we've been forgiven, God, I thank you that, that we're going to come into a place in our lives disconnected from a horrific, painful past and connected to a blessed, blessed future where we'll look down in our lives and we'll say, it's not even there anymore. God, let that healing flow into people's lives in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.